the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. See, David's point in this is this. You just shouldn't fret over the present prosperity of evil people because in the end they will not be prosperous. Their end will be agony of God's judgment. Instead, follow the Lord. He says, be content. Make godly individuals your heroes and observe their way of life and their future and follow that. The great preacher Harry Ironside told about a young woman who felt great conviction that she should trust in Christ. But she resisted it and went on to live a wild, immoral life. Eventually, she became seriously ill and one night woke from an alarming dream. She called to her mother and asked, What is Ezekiel 7, 8 and 9? Her mother looked it up and her heart sank. She read to her daughter, Now I will pour out my wrath on you and spend my anger against you. Judge you according to your ways and bring on you all your abominations. My eye will show no pity, nor will I spare. I will repay you according to your ways, while your abominations are in your midst. Then you will know that I, the Lord, do the smiting. With a look of horror on her face, the young woman sank back into her pillow, and moments later, she entered eternity. On that sad note, hello and welcome. You're listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. A fellow I used to work with many years ago had an amusing appreciation for the ironies of life. One of his favorite sayings was, No good deed goes unpunished. Not only does that often seem to be the reality, but there are plenty of times when it seems that no bad deed goes unrewarded. As we observe the injustice around us, or even become victims of it ourselves, it's easy to become jealous of the seeming success of wicked people. God knows that. That's why he inspired King David to write Psalm 37. Today on Verse by Verse, Pastor Steve will conclude this series of lessons called Fret Not Because of Evildoers. In verses 35 and 36 of this psalm, David observed, I have seen a wicked, violent man spreading himself like a luxuriant tree in its native soil. Then he passed away, and lo, he was no more. I sought for him, but he could not be found. Here's Pastor Steve now to share some thoughts about those verses. I want to stop here for a few minutes and consider what David is telling us, because there's much more here than we might at first realize. You see, when David says that this one's violence, one's successful, wealthy person is just no more, even though he sought for him, couldn't find him, he means that not only that this man has died, but that in dying, he leaves no trace behind that he ever existed. No trace. In other words, those wicked people who once thrived and looked invincible as they oppressed the righteous, when they died, no one remembered them after a few years. It's as if they never existed. As one Bible teacher put it, he said, men whose names were in everybody's mouths but yesterday are forgotten tomorrow. 
very sobering truth. See, this is why we should never, ever fret or envy those unbelievers who presently have power and wealth and prestige because their fame and their influence is so very short-lived. The temptation, though, for all of us is to put far too much emphasis on how things appear presently. People, their situations, rather than looking ahead and considering what the outcome of their lives will be. That's exactly what David is teaching us to do. David says that though a wicked person appears to be strong and vibrant, just like a healthy tree that's never been moved, its roots go deep into the native soil, he'll pass away and he'll be no more. Nothing. See, current appearances can be very deceptive. It's an important lesson for all of us to learn. Don't look at current appearances. Jesus spoke about the danger of being duped by how things look, how they appear. He said this in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Jesus said that the broad way is the way that it looks good. It's a, it looks attractive. It looks appealing. And therefore, it's the road, he said, that most people take. It's the road that the crowd certainly takes, and they all seem to be happy on that road. However, appearances can be very misleading because Jesus said that this broad way leads to destruction meaning not only death, but God's judgment, his wrath at the end of life forever. Martin Lloyd-Jones, you've heard me mention him a number of times and quote from him. Martin Lloyd-Jones, before becoming a Christian and a pastor, as a young man, he had been a very successful medical doctor in London. And as a result, he socialized and moved with the upper crust of English society. Therefore, having walked down both of these roads, the broad and the narrow, he was uniquely qualified to comment on both of these roads. Here's what Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones said about the broad way. He said, the end of the one is destruction of the other life. The trouble in life today is that people look only at the beginning. Their view of life is what we may call the cinema or the film star view of life. It always attracts, and all those who live that life are apparently having a marvelous time. Alas, that so many young people are brought up to think that that is life and that to live like that must be supreme happiness. But look at the end of those people. Look at them passing in and out of the divorce courts as they turn marriage into licensed prostitution. But people are attracted by the appearance. They look only at the surface. They look only at the beginning. They don't look at this type of life in its end. They give no thought whatsoever to the ultimate outcome. Nevertheless, it is as true today as it has ever been, and the Bible has always said it, that the end of these things is destruction. Now, in light of this truth about death and judgment of those who are on the Broadway, I feel compelled 
to point out the dangers, especially to our young people, of being attracted to this broad way of life, this way of life that looks exciting, it looks appealing, it looks attractive. But in the end, Jesus said it will only lead to destruction. Listen, young people, and this certainly applies to all of us, but especially young people, do not be seduced by the glamour of the so-called stars of our world. Don't be seduced into thinking that their lifestyle is wonderful, it's satisfying, because it's not. It's not. Look at the end of some of the famous people who are admired today. Drugs, drunkenness, extreme unhappiness, not just odd, different religious views, but, but bizarre religious views. Suicide, multiple marriages, unresolved conflicts, calloused consciences that encourage them to do shameful acts. And in the end, they die and they go to hell and they are heard of no more. Instead of trying to emulate the wicked, those who perish and are no more, the people that you ought to emulate, that you ought to look to and follow, are those who follow Jesus Christ, who enter into the narrow gate and they walk down the narrow road. And though that gate is small and it's narrow and not many people enter it, and you may enter it alone without your friends, it is the gate that leads to Christ and it is the gate that leads to eternal life, which is true life and true happiness, which is lasting and satisfying and ultimately truly pleasurable. Now, David understands the pull that we all have in being attracted to those who look powerful, but in the end are reduced to nothing. There is a pull. We're all tempted to be attracted to to that stuff. So in the next few verses, David tells us who we should keep our eyes on, not on those people who are dead and gone and never hear from them again, He tells us who we ought to keep our eyes on as we consider their future and how the Lord will deal with them in the end. Notice verses 37 and 38. He says, mark the blameless man. Watch him. Keep your eyes on him. Behold the upright. For the man of peace, that's what he calls the godly man. The man of peace will have a a posterity. By posterity means a future, not just children, but a future. But transgressors will be altogether destroyed. The posterity of the future of the wicked will be cut off. Having just told us that he watched, David said, I watched this wicked, violent man proudly display himself, and then in an instant he was no more. David now exhorts us to look at certain people, take note of those who are blameless, those who are believers. Why should we mark those who are blameless? He says, because these are men and women of peace. They have a future. In other words, in the end, Their future is a glorious one because the future for believers is heaven. But David tells us the future for the wicked, whom he calls transgressors, that's destruction. Now, by destruction, let me just explain something. David has used that a number of times in this psalm, but he doesn't mean by that when people die, unbelievers, they will be annihilated. It's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible makes it very clear that unbelievers after death are not destroyed, but they live on. 
Sadly, though, tragically, they live on in hell, where they are continuously judged for their sins with a judgment that is painful and horrific beyond all description. number of verses tell us that hell is eternal. In Matthew 25, verse 41, Jesus said, Then the king will say to those on his left, Depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire. The eternal fire. Matthew 25, 46, These will go into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Listen, if there is eternal life for believers, there is eternal punishment for unbelievers. And then this terribly solemn statement by Jude in verse 13, speaking of false teachers, he calls them wild waves of the sea, casting up their own shame like foam, wandering stars, and then this never fails to grip me, for whom the black darkness has been reserved forever. Forever black darkness, eternal punishment. See, David's point in this is this, you just shouldn't fret over the present prosperity of evil people because in the end they will not be prosperous. Their end will be agony of God's judgment. Instead, follow the Lord, he says, be content, make godly individuals your heroes and observe their way of life and their future and follow that. See, even the way that an unbeliever dies, it's a terrible thing to observe. But that's not the case with the death of a believer. Many years ago, there's a man in our congregation who was a physician, and he was my physician. I remember him telling me that he had been with many believers when they had died, and he said, they always die with great peace. He said, on the other hand, I've been with many unbelievers when they died, and it is a horrible thing to observe. Consider the case of Vladimir Lenin, the man who masterminded the rise of communism in Russia and was the first leader of the Soviet Union. To many, Lenin today is a hero. He was a wicked man who killed anyone who stood in his way. Here's how John Phillips in his commentary on the Psalms describes the death of Vladimir Lenin. He writes, Lenin died on January 21st, 1924, having just finished putting on trial some Roman Catholic priests in Moscow. The archbishop and his companions had been paraded through the streets as objects of derision, hatred, and scorn. The next night, death came for Lenin, passing swiftly by the triple row of guards marching unconcernedly through locked and bolted doors. He came and stood by the bed on which the dictator lay, and there he tarried for a little while, contemplating the man that he would soon carry off into eternity. From that day on, Lenin became a living corpse. One of England's newspapers, the Daily Mail, in its issue dated February 1st, 1924, tells what happened to Lenin before the end finally came. He went mad. It was commonly reported, the paper says, that Lenin spends his last days of activity crawling on all fours like a beast around the room in his carefully guarded retreat, apologizing to the furniture for his misdeeds, the memory of which remained amid the ruins of his mind and shouting repeatedly, God save Russia and kill the Jews. Then God gave the final nod to death. And death silenced the madman forever and took his naked and guilty soul into eternity to await judgment at the great white 
throne. See, in a moment of time, this arrogant, violent, boastful, evil man was reduced to nothing, never to be heard from again. But he's still conscious, and he's lost forever, facing an endless eternity, an eternity that never ends of God's wrath. That is the future for those who are prosperous but evildoers today. And that's why you don't need to fret over them. You don't ever need to be envious of them. What's to be envious of? This is how they end up. So David has told us two truths about what will happen to people in the end. First, he's told us that believers in the end will be exalted. Next, he says that the wicked will be gone in the end. Now, in the closing two verses of this psalm, David tells us one more truth about what will happen in the end. He says, in the end, believers will be delivered. I'll be delivered. He says in verses 39 and 40, but the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in time of trouble. The Lord helps them, delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. Now, like many other statements made by David in the Psalms, these two verses declare a great truth of ultimate victory, salvation, deliverance for God's people. They declare that no matter how difficult circumstances may be, especially as evil people begin persecuting us for our faith, we can count on God's deliverance. Now, as we've said before, he may not always physically deliver us from this world because sometimes believers do die at the hands of their persecutors. But whether we live or die, we can count on the fact that he will give us strength, his strength, to handle any trouble that we face. And ultimately, he will deliver us by taking us to heaven. Even if they kill us, we win. We go to heaven. But David says God gives strength. He always gives us grace now, which is exactly what David means when he says he's their strength in time of trouble. He is our helper, David says. We take refuge in him. Now, it's significant that David ends this psalm by saying that believers take refuge in the Lord because, folks, that's, that's really the whole point of this psalm, to turn us from fretting and being envious and being fearful to trusting in God no matter what our circumstances are. So I hope you've learned from this psalm. That's what it's about. If you have trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you've trusted him to take you to heaven. That's what you've trusted him for, for the forgiveness of sins, to take you to heaven when you die. But can you trust him to give you strength and help to face challenging situations on earth? You can. You can. Apply your faith to him. Jesus said to his disciples, while they were on the tossed about on the storm of Galilee, as our men sang earlier, he said, where is your faith? Meaning, I gave you faith. Where is it? Apply it. Apply your faith. And that's what I say to, to you. Apply your faith. Where is it? Apply your faith to no matter what you're going through. See the Lord as your sovereign, your helper, your deliverer, your strength, your refuge, the one who will exalt you in the end. There's no reason to fret over evildoers because your future is so wonderful 
and their future is so awful. Now, if you have not trusted Christ for your salvation, then I do fear for you. I am concerned for you, because no matter how good you have it now, and you may have it very, very well, in the future, you will pass away and be no more if you pass away without Christ. You will then have to face God, a perfectly holy God, who you've sinned against and who demands punishment for your sin. That's an awful thing to consider. But the good news is you can be saved from that predicament. You can be saved from that punishment. Why? Because Christ was punished in the place of sinners. And if you will repent of your sin and turn to him and trust him to be your savior, then you'll not bear the punishment of your own sin. Then Christ, if you will trust him, then Christ will have borne that for you. That's the gospel. I urge you to accept Christ. Don't let a day go by without knowing for certain that you know him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for letting us study this great psalm. Lord, still many of us face similar situations than what we've been studying about, struggling with jealousy over people who are wealthier than us, who have more than us, people who mistreat us and seem to get away with it. It's an endless issue for us. So I pray that you will take these truths and drive them deep into us so that when we're tempted to fret and be envious, be fearful, that these truths will be pulled by the Holy Spirit to our minds and that by his grace we would apply it to our lives. Lord, we pray for any here without Christ, that hearing about the end of an unbeliever will be used by by you to bring them to salvation. God forbid anybody here who's heard the word should die like Vladimir Lenin. Lord, we pray that you'll bring everyone who's without you, hearing the sound of this message, bring them to faith, open their hearts. And Lord, for those of us who already know you, help us to apply our faith so that when we hear Jesus saying, where is your faith? We answer in you, in you, no matter what. All of this, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible says that each of us will continue to exist forever. The question is, what kind of existence we will experience? We are here for a brief moment of time, and then our hearts stop beating, and we enter eternity either with joy or terror. You could say that we are all potentially just one heartbeat away from either the best day of our lives or the worst. And the remarkable thing is that God lets us choose. Will we choose to continue in rebellious unbelief, or will we surrender to God and trust in Christ? Thanks for tuning in today to Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. If you'd like to find out more about Lakeside, the web address is lakesidechapel.com. Stop in some Sunday if you're in the area. The address is 1893 Sunset Point Road in Clearwater. Or you can call 727-441-1714. Today's program was the third part of a three-part message. Ask for a free CD with the entire message by calling that same number, 727-441-1714. Ask for message 5187, Fret Not Because of Evildoers. 
Part 7. Here's a special offer for our visually impaired listeners. If you have a digital talking book player from the Library Service for the Blind and want a free audio Bible for your digital player, call 800-838-5924 or visit www.blindbibles.com. That's blindbibles.com or 838-5724 to receive your free audio Bible. Verse by Verse is dependent in part on the generous gifts of listeners like you. If these daily Bible classes are helping you grow spiritually, would you ask the Lord if perhaps He would want you to help finance them? We make it easy and secure through our website, versebyverseradio.org. Your gifts are tax-deductible and greatly appreciated. While you're browsing our website, be sure to look at the Message Archive page. There are hundreds of previous broadcasts available there for free downloading or streaming. They are organized by series title, but you can search in your browser for any particular date just by using the Control-F keys on your browser. Also, for your convenience, there is a link on the right column if you'd like to subscribe to our podcasts. That's at versebyverseradio.org. I'm Jerry Peterson. Today's broadcast not only concludes a three-part message, it also completes this series of studies from Psalm 37. On behalf of Pastor Steve Kreloff and everyone else at Verse by Verse, I invite you back for our next study as we begin a new series that will take us through another Bible passage, verse by verse. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.